0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. You can't just dream of success, you have to work for it. This episode is all about how you can work to achieve different kinds of success in your life after divorce. You always hear us say that divorce is an opportunity to build the life that you've always wanted. And this episode is special because we're connecting you with a woman who can actually give you the practical tools necessary to reinvigorate your career, your relationships, and most importantly, your personal growth. Carrie Davidson is the founder and CEO of Turnusol Wellness, a fabulous center in New York City. After she moved through her own divorce, Kerry sought out to create a roadmap for others to heal and thrive using modern science, ancient Chinese medicine, and a whole lot of love. In this episode, we went through her approach and the different tools she uses to create an introduction to this way of thinking. We're going to have her back on soon to answer your questions, so make sure that you reach out to us in our Facebook group or by sending an email to us at podcast at This is a really great opportunity because Carrie is such an expert and what she does is individual to you. So you can reach out with your own questions about your own life and your own behaviors and ask the expert directly. If you've ever felt like you can't control parts of who you are or that your happiness is limited because of your personal nature, you're really going to love this episode. This is a spoiler alert, but... You are more powerful than your impulses, and Carrie can help you learn how to utilize your strengths and overcome your vulnerabilities to be your best self. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so join our Facebook group, Worthy Women and Divorce, to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Carrie. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to Worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. This is a really exciting episode because we are joined by Carrie Davidson, who is doing amazing things helping women get in touch with themselves so that they can really rebuild their lives in the best way possible. So I'm very excited to welcome Carrie to the podcast. Welcome, Carrie.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and hopefully help a lot of women.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that we will. I think what you do is so cool and I'm so excited for our audience to learn more about it. So why don't we start with just a quick introduction about who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. So I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee I moved to New York for college, wanted to be an actress and a filmmaker, and you can see how that turned out. Um, (laughs) I actually followed a boy, got married early. I went into human resources, then um, started running nonprofits, mostly helping underserved kids with mental health. Mm -hmm. And and then my marriage dissolved about nine years ago, and I had to pick up the pieces or sit on the pieces and mope and... I chose to grow, but I was frustrated that there wasn't really a roadmap for me. Right. And I would get stuck and I would ask advice and I was like, God, I wish there was a, a checklist. And if I checked all the boxes in this row, I knew I would get divorced or I knew I would do this with my kids or right. do this with move. And there just wasn't. So I kind of set out to say, all right, I want to figure out the roadmap mm-hmm. so that I can help other women. And I found that through a combination of like frontier science and mental health and ancient practices and philosophies and kind of mixed them together to make something that was really easily achievable and helpful for people today. So I started at Zone.
0: Yeah. So I think that you've done an incredible job with that. I mean, I can totally relate to what you're saying about wanting like boxes to check off. I think when you're growing up, it's sort of like, you know, you know, you're going to after elementary school is middle school and then high school and then college and then career and then it's gray and you don't know what it's going to be. And and there's just this, this sense of, you know, wouldn't it be easier if life really had a roadmap? And I think a lot of our listeners can really relate to that feeling, especially at this transition in life during divorce or after divorce, sort of rebuilding and not really knowing how things are going to shake out. And I think that you have utilized so many different things that are available in such big ways. You've sort of funneled them into an experience for women and for people going through stuff in ways that they could really bring it into their lives in in ways that can affect change and help them move forward through growth and with a lot of care. So I'm so excited to start sort of tearing this apart with you. So you mentioned Turn Soul Wellness, and we're going to talk a lot about what you do. And one of the things that I want to start with saying is, you know, we – deal with a lot of topics that can be really overwhelming and this this sort of transition in life is super overwhelming and when we talk about things that you know maybe our listeners aren't experts on like the legal process or finance or co-parenting, you know, things that they've never really dealt with before. We like to bring on experts and, and that's why we are so excited to have you because, you know, you talked a little bit about science and mental health and and we're going to talk about all of the different things that make up what you offer, but it can be really overwhelming. So if you're listening and this feels like something you don't know a lot about. Don't worry, we're really going to break it down. And I'm low-key obsessed with what you do now. So I'm really excited <laughs> that we get to to sort of pull this apart. So we're going to definitely link to your website, Turnusol Wellness, so that people can sort of look into what you're doing and learn more about it. But I want to start with some of the questions that I had when I was going through what you do. You talk about success alchemy. So what is alchemy? What is success alchemy? Let's start with these terms. Sure. I'll start with alchemy.
1: And alchemy, you know, came to me when I got divorced. We split up in 2009. The summer of 2010 was the first summer that all three of my kids were in sleepaway camp.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I found myself with myself, right? (laughs) Alone, right? For the summer. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do something for me. And I hopped on a plane. And went by myself to the south of France for a biking trip. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) But while I was in the NJFK waiting for my flight, I'm like, I need a book. And I picked up The Alchemist. I had never read it before. So I'm reading this and, you know, it's this amazing journey. But in, in this book, the main character meets an alchemist. And alchemy is about transformation, For me, it's about shifting in your life those transformative moments that you either choose to stick with what you got no matter how badly it hurts Mm -hmm. or how much you know it's really not right because you're afraid of facing that pain and moving through it and self-discovery and what you're going to find. So it's a difference between sitting there and choosing to walk over those hot coals right? to move forward and make the, that transformation. So alchemy is about it. Really translates literally into transformation. So success alchemy was the name I came up with for the process and the methodology that that I created to help people. Heal or to right. help people move through these transformative moments because ideally we want to be successful on the other end. Mm-hmm. We want to know that we're going to get better. And getting better, you know, in my opinion, is about success, but it, you know, success in relationships, in your physical health, in your work life, in your career, with your kids, with your parents, with your friends. You know, success has, you know, lots of different places.
0: Yeah, I I mean I love that you have this broad definition of success and I think that's one of the things that you know we try to help people sort of see the potential for success to be sort of whatever you define it to be. And I think the fact that what you've done here is shaped from your own transformation and your own growth and that you've managed to build this in ways that other people can engage with it. I think it's just so amazing. I think our listeners are probably already starting to Google you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk a lot more about sort of like what sort of things you offer for people because it's it's so cool. But I just I love this idea of transformation and change and all of the positivity that's a part of what you're doing. So your approach to all of this, is it science? Is it philosophy, spirituality, combination? What is your approach to, you know, personal change and growth?
1: So the really, really short, short answer is yes. Yes. And yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think that, you know, we, we get stuck And we feel challenges in all of the parts of us, in our physical, in our cognitive behavioral, in our spiritual Mm -hmm. beings. We don't just feel it in our pinky and that's it. Right. We have multi-symptoms, right, Right. that come in different places. So we need a multimodal approach in order to actually... Holy, you know, which is holistic, holy, heal and to transform. So it is definitely based in very frontier science, some components of it, Mm -hmm. some old science, some philosophy that comes from Eastern practices and cultural experiences that we that we learn from other cultures and other times. And certainly spirituality, because it's, you know, some of these bigger questions is like, well, what's my purpose in the world? Right? I knew when I was married, I was going to raise these kids and ha- you know, have mm-hmm. this marriage, and then we we're going to retire and buy a place in Florida. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's, it's based on it, all of it, really, it kind of reminds me taking a step back to what you were saying earlier about checking boxes that sort of introducing philosophy into this this approach to what's coming next for you as an individual sort of helps you think outside the box which i think in many ways makes it easier to navigate this journey so i love that it's it's sort of like this this 360 approach to healing and we're going to talk a lot about the different ways that science is a part of it and where the expertise comes into all of this and and then how you can apply these things to your life to help you as you move on. So one of the things that I learned from you is that you are utilizing what you call three great revolutions, right? Mm-hmm. So these are – sort of like different ways that people can achieve success and personal fulfillment. And I want to talk about – I want to break them down, these three different ones. And the first one is neuroplasticity, which we've actually talked about neuroplasticity a little bit on this podcast because I think just the idea that you can sort of rewire your brain fills me with hope that, you know – you do have some control over how you feel and think. So, tell us a little bit about what neuroplasticity is and how you are utilizing it.
1: Sure. So, exactly, you know what you said. You know, neuroplasticity is um, this idea that we can rewire our behavior. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. we feel like, oh, I'm type A, or I've, you know, taken this test and I'm, you know, the Myers Briggs says I'm this or I'm mm-hmm. that. It's a very fixed approach to growth right and scientists have you know started to study like can we change can we grow it's our brain's way of of learning based on experiences right our brain starts to memorize these new synapses and then all of a sudden we have a different way you know of achieving something like we become used to certain patterns of behavior we know we are triggered by I don't know, pushy people, let's say. I'm triggered by a, a very pushy person who's very individualistic and doesn't mm-hmm. care about others' emotions. And so my body just remembers, my brain remembers that I respond to that in retreat. And mm-hmm. I will always do that. And I think that's safe. It's it served me until now.
0: <laughs> right. Like your brain learned that as a, a safe response. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we want, we want safety.
1: I, our, we try to achieve like, oh, what's the safest thing in this moment? And so neuroplasticity is the idea that you can learn a different response, right? Your brain can practice right. learning something different.
0: So for instance, like you gave one example, but let's say that, you know, we know a lot of our listeners have dealt with infidelity. So if you have learned to be suspicious about certain behaviors from your partner and you automatically have certain responses, what you're saying is that you can sort of retrain your brain to not respond the same way that it had in the past? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's
1: a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So for example, well, first of all, do your due diligence. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) And, you know, the one thing we can control is ourselves, right, and Mm -hmm. our responses to things. And if your knee-jerk reaction is to go into suspicion, Uh you know, there's this sense of like, well, how is that impacting your spouse? Do you want to grow this relationship? Do you Mm want to become more connected? Do you want to try to fix this? Right. If So then you have to start shifting the way you, you see emotions, right? So when Mm -hmm. we feel these difficult emotions, we tend to blame and we tend to become victims, right? Okay. So it's like, oh, did this. Now I feel that. But neuroplasticity says, well, hey, shift your mindset about what these emotions even mean. Mm
0: -hmm. See if you
1: can practice observing emotions, giving them a name. They usually come in minimum of threes. So we're not only angry, we're probably angry, sad, you know, lost and Mm -hmm. more. And then take a look at what those emotions are telling you about your unmet needs for feeling safe. Right. And there's a whole process for that. And we can that's probably another podcast.
0: (laughs) You know, I can't believe we're like 15 minutes in. I haven't mentioned that this is definitely the first of a few because there's just so much to talk about here. Um, Okay. So that's neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity, that's something that, you know, it might come up with your therapist if you're in therapy. It's like neuroplasticity is a pretty mainstream thing, I think. But I had never heard of the second one, epigenetics. And I'm Fascinated by this. So, what can you tell me about epigenetics? Am I saying it right? You are.
1: Okay. (laughs) You are. You know, this applies physical, Uh mental. In my case, the way I'm talking about it is basically in mental health. Mm -hmm. So, it's the idea that, you know, my internal environment plus the context of this particular situation Mm -hmm. will determine my roadmap forward. So like my environment impacts what I do. So it's kind of like simplified. It's like one size does not fit all.
0: Right. Is this sort of like the conversation of nature versus nurture? And this would be nature that like you're born predisposed to certain things because of your genetic makeup. Is that right?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's kind of both. It's
0: kind of saying that it's not only nature, and it's not only nurture, mm-hmm. but that it's also like it's not a lost cause. Like because like I think we know that it's who you are is a mix of your genetic makeup and the people who raised you and the experiences you've had and and the ideas you've been exposed to. Like we know that it's a mix of nature and nurture, but this is the idea that you're built with certain genetic makeup. And similarly to neuroplasticity, it's not like, well, this is the way I am and there's nothing I can do about it, right? It's like, yes, there is stuff you can do about it. Exactly. And on a
1: physical level, it means like, let's say you're genetically predisposed to kind of like a weak digestive system. Mm -hmm. And then your internal environment, then like, let's say you eat a really heavy, you know, greasy meal, you're gonna feel kind of crappy. So that's a really Mm -hmm. like a, a very physical, earthbound example of your internal environment being impacted by the external environment. So something's going to happen there. So if we change what you're eating, we could really maximize who you are,
0: Mm -hmm. right? Like you're not necessarily going to have stomach aches for the rest of your life, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. Got it. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. And then the third one is growth mindset, So that sounds general, but I imagine it's not. Can you please explain what growth mindset is?
1: Sure. So a little uh, little more than 10 years ago, I believe, a scientist, her name is Carol Dweck, Mm -hmm. wrote about this idea of growth mindset as opposed to fixed mindset. And Mm -hmm. she said that In a fixed mindset, people believe that their basic qualities, like their intelligence or their talent and things like that, are simply fixed traits, Mm -hmm. right? So they will spend their time documenting like their intelligence or their talent instead of developing them, right? So documenting it instead of like, oh, the idea that we can grow. Like, for example if your child comes home and failed a math quiz. Mm-hmm. Oh mom, I suck at math. I'll never be a mathematician. I'll never so so those absolute words of never, always, right? That's all very fixed mindset mm-hmm. and that's closing you down. Okay. That's basically language that says, I can't grow. I'm I'm never going to be right and if you combine all of these components growth mindset epigenetics and neuroplasticity what you actually achieve with that particular child let's say for this example mm-hmm. of combining these three is that you know you can teach your child to say wow let me look at the context the context is i didn't get good sleep i forgot to study i didn't eat breakfast this morning and my best friend ditched me at the lunch table my environment wasn't really my internal and my external environment didn't support my ability to do well on this test today right so going forward I'm gonna neuroplasticity I'm going to shift my you know I'm going to change my sleep I'm going to make sure I eat I'm going to not let kids who ditch me at lunch push my buttons (laughs) So that's combining all of these three components. Right. But the growth mindset is like with practice or I can do this. It's eliminating that like negative
0: stuck, you know, absolute language. Which I think is like the silver lining of divorce is that you really have this opportunity to take stock of who you are and where you are and sort of decide where you want to be and who you want to be and I think that what you have built here, from everything that I've seen, I feel like this is how you get where you want to be. This is how you fulfill your potential. This is how you become your best self. And I am just obsessed with this. So (laughs) I think, you know, now I think that people who are listening who might not have been familiar with this stuff before, they kind of are getting this idea that it's sort of like a 360 approach to self-betterment, right? And this mm-hmm. transformation. Okay. Let's – I want to start talking about the five types because I know the five types is super central to what you do, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's come back and go through each of the five ones, but maybe let's just list them now and then we can sort of talk about why they matter. So what are the, the five types? The
1: names of the five types actually are nature words. I pull this from ancient Chinese five elements theory. Mm -hmm. So it's fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. Those are the the five different natures or personalities, ways we interact
0: or Mm -hmm. adapt
1: to our internal and external environment.
0: So I think a lot of us really like to have these sorts of mirrors that show us different parts of who we are you know, you sent me this quiz where I could sort of see where I fit into these five types and the makeups of my personality. And I learned so much about myself. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. And when you look at these types, what you're saying is that they can teach us sort of about five different aspects of who we are. Mm -hmm. Let's start with temperament. What is temperament?
1: temperament is kind of like your nature out there in the world. Uh It's the thing about a person that you just kind of feel. There are people that are more calm. Mm -hmm. There are people that are more intense. There are people that sit and slink and and hang out in the back and don't really want to talk to anybody and don't make eye contact. Uh It's what sense you give off. Mm -hmm. You know, there are more pleasant people. There are more abrupt people. So temperament is just kind of like, You know, your nature in a way.
0: Yeah, like almost like your vibes, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And also, I just want to say the reason that I want to pull these apart is because I think sometimes when we talk about ourselves, we just sort of say, like, oh, I'm loud or I'm quiet or I'm charismatic. And the way that you break it down i think really allows you to take a really good look at yourself in a way that allows you to be productive about change and to see what you want to embrace about yourself and what things you want to you know use neuroplasticity epigenetics and growth mindset to transform so mm-hmm. okay so we just talked about temperament now let's talk about behavior because these sound very similar to me, but they're they're not the same thing. So what is behavior? Right.
1: So behavior is different from temperament because behavior is more based in actions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like how did you behave? What did you do? right It's influenced by temperament. Like how you're going to choose to behave, like if you think about the people in your life, the people you know well, mm-hmm. certain behavior is kind of out of character, right? Sometimes right. you would never expect Aunt Molly, who's always, you know, accommodating to like be really pushy and obnoxious and push her agenda. <laughs> like right. you, everyone would be like, well, what the heck's wrong with Aunt Molly? You know, our behavior, our, our actions that we do, but it's very influenced by our nature or our, our general temperament.
0: Okay. So these are related, but they're not the same thing. You Mm -hmm. know, what I love about this is sort of this opportunity to say, you know, this is my temperament, but it's not the same thing as my behavior. And it sort of just puts back in that idea that you have more control over your behavior than you might think. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. And then the next one is learning style. Mm -hmm. So what is learning style? Why is it important?
1: So learning style, kind of going back to what you were saying about what you can control, mm-hmm. you, this is another one of that you can't really control because it's very tied into your temperament or your uh-huh. nature. It's kind of like how you experience, you know, how you grow. Really, it's a style that kind of maximizes a person's ability to gain knowledge if mm-hmm. you're looking like for okay. a definition but it's different based on which of the five types is your primary. Okay. And I don't know if you want me to dive into that or wait.
0: <laughs> I think we'll wait because it's a lot at once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But learning style, it sounds like almost like homework or research, and it's its not just about, you know, academic learning, right? Mm-mm. Okay. No, not
1: at all. Not at all. Uh, you know, maybe some people – learn more by feelings Mm -hmm. like for example when I was in school and I was maybe I was in a history class in order for me to really integrate the ideas and the concepts and the the stories that my teacher um, was teaching I kind of needed to close my eyes and imagine what it must have felt like what what Mm -hmm. must it have felt like to be living through You know the Cold War or the Civil War. For me, that's kind of how I was able to to get it. It clicked in my mind. Other people need to just read it a thousand times, Uh right? That would never work for me. I would lose my mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) so, right, and if you have kids, you know you get it. They're going to be different. They're going to learn in different ways.
0: Yeah, and again, what I love about this is these three things. You know, if you're not Pulling them apart, you can easily sort of think about your temperament, your behavior, and your learning style as the same thing. But when you pull them apart, you really get to interact with different parts of who you are in ways that allow you to take big steps forward, especially at a time in your life where that is such a big desire. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. the last two are set of strengths and vulnerabilities, which I think we can talk about together. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go ahead and and give us a little rundown of those?
1: Yeah, sure. So, so similar to temperament and learning style, natural strengths and vulnerabilities, kind of what you're chronically good at without having to think about and your chronic stress states what they look like, those kind of come along with your temperament. You tend to be really good at certain things and mm-hmm. tend to be, you know, stressed out by, you know, buttons pushed by certain things. So strengths, I almost see them as your gifts to the mm-hmm. world, right? So, so, you know, when I look at my strengths, my number one strength, I'm super easy, you know, it's super easy for me. I don't even have to think about it. I just go into this mode of inspiration and joy and glass half full and optimism. I would totally say that about you too. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is like I don't have to think about it but my my greatest strengths can also become a vulnerability because if I don't kind of empathize with the needs of the people around me Mm -hmm. I may be too goofy and too optimistic at times when you know the situation calls for just get quiet and listen Mm -hmm. and you know just take notes or just move fast through this, you know, don't stop and and try to make someone giggle. You know, our strengths and vulnerabilities are tied directly into our temperament, you know, these five types, Mm -hmm. and they exist on a spectrum. So the same thing that gives you your gifts also can be (laughs) your vulnerabilities at times.
0: Right. And, you know, there are certainly moments where your strengths become your vulnerabilities and vice versa. That's sort of what makes being human so wonderful but i think what i really love about this whole approach is sort of you know blowing away this idea of check boxes and mm-hmm. being able to to view this as sort of a bigger picture that it's almost like you can paint your next chapter you can create it from so many different angles and there are so many different ways to intentionally get involved with who you are and who you're becoming and how you're going to move forward. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I think we should go into these five types and tell people how they can start to apply this stuff to their own lives. Perfect. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Carrie. And Carrie, I'm so excited that we're finally going to talk about the five types now. And I know everybody's going to start thinking about am I this? Am I that? Let's do the introduction. Let's talk about these five types. So, where do we start? Well, first, I
1: think I want to give a blanket statement about we all have all of these in us. So some people might hear it and be like, well, I've identified with all of them. Yes.
0: (laughs) yeah, And you should.
1: (laughs) Yes. So this is, these are all, all the things that we're made up of, right? Mm -hmm. So we have all of these in us, but we have one primary one that kind of guides our connection to the world. Mm -hmm. It's the stuff we chronically have to deal with. It's those lessons that we always have to keep learning, right? right? And yeah, it's uh, highly resistant to change. I've never known it, you know, the primary one to change. The other ones can grow and shrink in context, right? So that's like this whole epigenetics conversation.
0: Okay. So you mean like your primary type, that's sort of the core of who you are. And, you know, we talked about neuroplasticity, epigenetics, growth mindset, like there are some parts of this that are just sort of like the fabric of who you are. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You're one
1: primary <laughs> and the other ones kind of through this process of growth, growth mm-hmm. mindset, all these pieces, you can build up your sense of self-awareness,
0: self-consciousness. Right. Or like find different ways to utilize the strengths that they give you. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. Cool. <gasps> and I have another question about that because now, <laughs> now we're getting into like, I have a ton of questions. Okay. So you mentioned that, you know, everybody has pieces of of all of these Mm -hmm. are there people who have like one way stronger and people who are way more balanced or or is it pretty much the same across the board so, yeah, I have
1: seen just about everything. So okay. I have, you know, people who have a really, really high one uh-huh. and the rest are all low or that they're all like within a range of like a couple of percentage points of each other. But there's one that's really low, mm-hmm. you know, that the fallout of those scores says a lot about a person's resilience in the face of stress or stress triggers.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's get started. What is the first type? So I'm going to describe them in
1: the order of I don't know the way they they exist in the Chinese medicine model mm-hmm. starting with fire, earth, metal, water and wood. So we'll start with fire. So people whose primary nature is fire, their core gift to the world, kind of what I was describing about myself earlier so now you know I'm fire. <laughs> Fire people, um, their gift is joy. They are the eternal optimist. Uh-huh. They can be the class clown. They are highly intuitive. They are gullible to a fault. <laughs> they tend to be entertainers. They, they crave attention. They hate to be ignored. Uh-huh. They're very creative. Their biggest fear in the world is loss of love or loss of connection. So okay. what might happen with a fire person is they might hold on to a relationship longer than they should Mm -hmm. just because their biggest fear is losing that connection. Okay. So that's a brief picture of fire. Then you have earth. Earth people, their gift to the world is compassion and empathy and unity. They are peacemakers and caregivers and caretakers and pleasers. They can be chameleons in in that they can fit in anywhere. It's not because it's for them. It's because they don't want to disappoint anyone. They don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. They care so much more about others than they do themselves and contend under stress. When they're too earthy, they can become a doormat. Okay. Let's see. Next is metal. Metal people, their core gift to the world is beauty and perfection. They are architects and designers and party planners, and they crave everything staying the same. They like routine. They like organization. They are killer at organizing.
0: Mm-hmm. You usually
1: go to a metal person's apartment or house, and like everything's put away nicely. <laughs> <laughs> the fire, by the way, is the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> their biggest fear in the world is making a mistake or being wrong. So the lens through which they see the world and experience the world is like criticism and judgment of themselves at times. So that's the other end of the spectrum. Like someone whose gift, they're just naturally good at making things perfect and beautiful. You know, on the other end of that spectrum is wait, was I wrong? Mm -hmm. So, so they need to find balance there. Water people, their gift to the world is peace. They are, Quiet. They're philosophers and dreamers and poets. They're creatives. They are amazing listeners and problem solvers. They don't get caught up in all the, the mishmash of emotions and what everyone was thinking and pleasing everybody uh-huh. else kind of like water in nature will find the lowest point, like it just keeps dripping and dropping, going Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. They're able to get quiet underneath all those like higher level, you know, buzzy emotions and just see all the different pieces of a problem in order to come up with an amazing solution. Under stress, they fear doing the wrong thing, kind of like making the wrong choice. So it's similar Metal, but they're like, they crave knowledge to make sure that they never make the wrong choice.
0: So, is this more like they're indecisive rather than regretful?
1: Yeah. Okay. They blame themselves. So, like, metal people will kind of blame outside circumstances for their discomfort or for being wrong. Oh, well, I couldn't have been wrong. It was because of blah, 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 right? Uh Because their biggest fear is being wrong. Whereas an earth person will blame themselves. I'm sorry, not earth, water person. People blame themselves
0: because they
1: feel the responsibility, you know, it's the onus is on them.
0: Right. And then I think we've just got wood left.
1: Yeah. So wood people, their biggest gift to the world is freedom. You know, they Mm. are risk takers. They are brave leaders. They are amazing in a crisis. They make things happen. They make them happen fast. They are great in a debate. Uh They're entrepreneurial. Under stress, like you know, their biggest fear, if their biggest joy and their biggest gift really is freedom. The other end of that spectrum is confinement. So they really dislike confinement. You'll see wood people tend to change jobs more frequently than others because they're not content, right, to Mm -hmm. sit in Mm -hmm. one place. They like to move. They like forward movement. They're visionaries. They can see how something can grow. So they might be the kind of person who is the perpetual entrepreneur, right? Right. right. Board with just like oh I made that one happen
0: what's next mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. which you know reminds me we just put out a great article about freelance work so yeah. <laughs> if you're a wood person check the worthy blog
1: <laughs> yes oh my god totally that would be perfect <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so okay so these are the five types how does somebody know which of the five types they are
1: so we have an online assessment that you mentioned, mm-hmm. and it takes about, like, uh, 10 minutes or so. I don't know. Everybody's a little different. But most people, for the most part, it takes, like, in the neighborhood of 10 minutes. It's yeah. 100 100- and once you take the assessment there is a little bit of information where you can see like a little bit of what I just mentioned so Mm -hmm. you get a little bits and pieces about each of the five types you can also probably google once you see your your fallout of scores
0: I gotta tell you Yeah, that's true. Unless you're metal, which I was. (laughs) And I've been googling and when you when you search like the five types and metal all you get is like metal elements and like hardcore science, not, (laughs) not personality stuff. But you're right that you know, you can read more about it.
1: Yeah, it is interesting because the five elements. You know, psychology or social, emotional, spiritual development is kind of a lost science because, you know, this is what Chinese medicine used to be. All ah. these alchemists like going, helping people transform. Right. But over time, you know, acupuncture just came out as like, you know, let's heal disease and and soothe pain. And so that, that alchemical component was lost. So you're right, you might have a hard time Googling.
0: But luckily, there's an amazing resource, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you sent me my sort of, I guess it's like an extended report yeah. of my answers. And I was so blown away because, you know, you suggest certain essential oils for my personality and foods that will be good for me and it was like a hard look in the mirror i got to tell you like this idea of like being afraid to to make mistakes and it was like girl she got me i mean <laughs> <laughs> so but it's it's also good you know i've said this about finance a million times that once you know what you've got you're able to take steps forward and you're able to do productive things with information and having information just sort of unlocks all of the possibilities of what Liza had for you. So, okay, once you know these five types, I mean, what can you do with your own makeup?
1: Here's where I started to institute the, the map, mm-hmm. <laughs> giving people a road map. Because once I have your breakdown of scores, I can better understand what you need to succeed, Mm -hmm. right? So it starts really with kind of what you said is being open to self-awareness and Mm self-consciousness, right? So self-awareness is kind of the second step. Self-consciousness is more about like being conscious in the moment, and aware of your stress and, and, and strength states, right? Uh-huh. Your strengths and vulnerabilities. So I could build you kind of a scale that says when you're feeling these things, this is when you should problem solve. This is when you should build relationships. This is when you should talk to your lawyer. This uh-huh. is when you should talk to your ex. This is when you should talk to your kids. And this is when you should avoid. So when you're when you're thinking these things, behaving in these ways, this is distorted. We live very chronically in our stress states, unfortunately. And we we distort these states into believing that they're real. Uh-huh. Like for example, for me, for a fire person, when I am fearful, anxious, panicky, bored, you know, gullible. When I'm thinking those things, I know right away not to problem solve, not to build new programs, not to go into a contract agreement, uh-huh. <laughs> not to do anything where I need to be productive because those are my fire states that are that are unbalanced. Uh-huh. They're beautiful and fun and all of those lovely things, but I know that I am not in my resilient state where I need to be. You know, more organized. I need to listen.
0: Right goes back to the, your set of strengths and your vulnerabilities and, and really being able to identify the ways that this can serve you best, which is Mm -hmm. so cool. It's so cool that you can do that. So when you're going through a divorce and you're healing from a divorce, how can being aware of your sort of type makeup, how can this help you?
1: So, you know, when I think back to my most difficult periods, Uh you know, right before my divorce, during, and even a little bit after. And now, I mean, now each stage is a little bit different. Now we're Uh co-parenting and thankfully in a really good way, understanding my stress states and having been able to understand my exes would have made Every bit of this journey so much less painful because I didn't understand why he didn't understand me and he didn't understand why I didn't understand him. Uh And now that I understand, I'm self-aware, right, about my states and I empathize with who he is and what gifts he brings to the table. And even in his, you know, can I see the hero in him even when he's mad?
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Right, It brings me out of the logic brain, which cannot solve one problem ever. There is no zero-sum game. There's no winners or losers. We all suffer if we're trying to solve things with logic. Mm -hmm. If we go into our hearts and we are self-aware and empathize with our own and humanize our own needs, and then if I could have humanized his needs, even through the difficult emotions, we could have saved so much money on lawyers, dear Lord, (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah we've heard that story
1: before (laughs) right right so much time like my divorce took four years wow yeah four years and I've heard worse and I've heard better but Mm -hmm. I didn't need to take four years and now looking back I totally understand you know where understanding myself and putting in these processes so there's a whole you know structure Mm -hmm. for how to then recognize your stress states that actually build the skill of um, balancing out your unbalanced part of your nature. So it helps you then go and step into those skills you need to problem solve and to listen and to do all the things you're going to need to pull out when you're meeting with your lawyer and you just want to get it done or you're talking with your ex and you don't want to have a fight, but you just want to move through this so that we can both start moving on and rebuilding our lives.
0: Right. I mean, I I think it's just this incredible opportunity to sort of get to know yourself again as the picture of yourself and maybe your name and, you know, so many things about your life are changing. I think it's an amazing time to jump into this way of thinking and to give yourself that opportunity. So we'll definitely put all kinds of links at worthy.com slash podcast, where people can find you and find ways to get involved with you. And I want to talk about, you're in the New York area, correct? hmm And you have all these different holistic approaches to healing that you guys are doing at Turn of Soul Wellness. So I want you to tell us what vibroacoustics are and sort of how people who are in New York can get involved with what you're doing.
1: Sure. So Vibroacoustics is a science-based therapy that works on gentle vibrations and soothing music. It's been studied by National Institutes of Health for over 30 years, and they're measuring the efficacy of using it with um, PTSD and breathing disorders and Mm -hmm. pain and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. I mean, it's endless. Basically, the way it works is wonderful and soothing you lay on a treatment table and the practitioner will transduce very specific vibrations into the body depending on you know what the person needs Uh and the way it works is that our cells are always vibrating and our cells are vibrating between 30 and 120 hertz when we are asymptomatic and our immune system is strong when our cells are vibrating outside of that range we're easily triggered, but our cells will copy any vibration that's introduced to the body. So if you go to a concert, you feel the bass in your chest, right? It's the same concept. Only I'm introducing healthy cellular vibration into the body.
0: It's so cool.
1: <laughs> it's awesome, awesome, and helps with emotional and physical issues. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, and then you you do all kinds of other stuff too. I mean, it, like just on your Instagram page, you've got your your story highlight. It's so cute. What's your Instagram handle for people who want to go check it out? Uh, good question. <laughs>
1: um, I think did we change it to
0: Wellness? <laughs> okay. We'll link to that too at worthy.com slash podcast. But I think I think that's right. And it basically it's like this slideshow of all of the different things that you do. It's so cool. And we're really running out of time and we're definitely gonna have you back on to talk about all the ways that these different treatments can help you. But as you know, a lot of our listeners are not in the New York area. So what are the ways that they can benefit from the amazing work that you're doing if they're not in New York. Absolutely. Well, I actually have clients all over the world. Amazing.
1: Yeah, because I can do this work over Zoom or phone calls. Mm -hmm. And basically what we do is we have people fill out the assessment And I do weekly calls with them and give them homework, these neuroplasticity exercises that will actually rebalance them and help them understand, you know, their situation and how to grow through their challenges. And I do Ayurvedic nutrition counseling as well. So I incorporate food and yoga poses and breath work and essential oils and, you know, anything that can help someone balance because we heal through all of our senses.
0: Right. I think you know so many people can relate to when you're tense you can feel it in your neck or your shoulders and and physical and emotional parts of who you are are constantly interacting and mm-hmm. just sort of being able to see that there's someone as wonderful as you who is you know letting their divorce inform their way of thinking and their approach to healing who can sort of help you navigate that relationship and and move forward through it. I think it's, it's an amazing opportunity. I think it's something that our listeners are going to be really excited about. So I'm so glad that we got to do this episode. And you and I have chatted about what it's like for someone who wants to sell her ring, if she's a different type, letting go is going to be harder, or you know, dating again is harder for a different type than somebody else, and all of these different things that are so specific to our listeners, to our community of women who are healing from divorce. There are so many things that I want to talk about with you, and I'm so glad that we did this intro episode where we sort of pulled this apart so that people are going to be able to really plug right in when we dive into it. So if you're listening and you're into this, you can give us questions that you want us to ask. You can send them to podcast at worthy.com or you can post them in our facebook group worthy women in divorce and before we let you go i'm hoping that you can leave us with one little pearl of wisdom you know having been through a divorce being on the other side of it and having rebuilt your life into this amazing business and and all these amazing connections that you've had what's one thing you would like to leave our listeners with
1: I would say, you know, it's really painful to unlearn the patterns that kept us safe and got us this far in our lives. But that's alchemy, right? That's true transformation and growth. And if you want to live the life that you deserve and that you wish for, it's really about self consciousness and self-awareness of looking into those patterns because it's you know it's evaluating them and then and then growing in ways you need that can actually help you build that life that you want going forward
0: so it takes work but it's worth the work and carrie is here to help and we are so so happy that we've connected and i'm so excited to see what's next for us together and i want to thank you again for joining me it's really been a treat carrie
1: Oh, likewise. This is super fun. Thank you so, so much.
0: Thanks again to Carrie for joining us and to all of you for listening. Before this episode ends, we wanted to remind you guys to join our Facebook group, Worthy Women and Divorce. We are so blown away by the conversations going on in this group, and we want to make sure you're a part of what's shaping the topics we feature here. It's a great way to interact with our blog and learn more about our platform, so we hope to see you there soon. We also wanted to remind you that as 2018 turns to 2019, we'll be taking a short break. We'll be back in your feeds January 8th, and we hope that the next couple of weeks are full of the holiday cheer that you deserve. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you wanna sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more.